Hey there, Liverpool One Church. It is so great to have you with us at church online today. And no matter who you are and where you're from, whether you're a church person or not, we're delighted that you're gonna give us roughly 30 minutes of your time to just come and do our church online experience with us. If it is your first time, make sure you do two things. Firstly, chill out. Like you can come to church in your tracksuit or even your pajamas, although don't let anybody know that I told you that. Grab yourself a brew so that you're just super chilled and relaxed and put a comment maybe on YouTube or on the website online. Let us know that you're watching for the first time because we've got a bunch of people, our hosts, who would love to say welcome to you. So we're going to have a great conversation today in our church online experience. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Well, hey, it's so great that I get to be with you in your homes again for yet another Sunday. I hope this season finds you well, and I hope that you're enjoying the new social distancing measures that have been put into place where we are actually allowed to see one other real face and um, socially distance, go for a walk with one other person. And so I do hope this season really does find you well, but we are still believing for better days yet to come. You know, this week I um, found myself on a little bit of a wild goose chase. I went online and I wanted to show our youngest son where I went to school. Only upon my research, I found that my school has actually been knocked down. It is now being rebuilt into a block of flats. And, um, but it kind of got me doing some research as I began to remember my high school days. I am not a Facebook user. I've never used Facebook. It's just um, a social media platform I've never been a part of using. And um, But I found myself going onto Facebook to do some investigating about my school. I began to find pictures and images and I got so absorbed. I mean, I could smell the dinner hall. I remember how rubbery the cheese was on top of the pizza. I could remember how cold the maths block felt when we were having our maths lessons and and how the sports hall smelt. I can remember doing hockey, freezing cold, days doing hockey and our, our teachers would be stood on the sidelines in their fleece lined tracksuits watching us. I began to look at school photographs and I could remember who was who. I remember that he was cheeky and this one was mischievous and this one was always in detention. I remember laughing with her and getting sent out of science class time and time again. I mean, I wasn't just going over old ground. I was reliving the past. And I began to read the comments that people had written. Some of my school, old school colleagues had written. And what I found really sad was that some of my school friends, some of the guys and the girls that had been in my lessons at school had actually died in their forties, like so young. And it began to get me thinking like, Did they live their life to the full? Did they get to do all that they were designed and destined to do in life? I began to realize just how short life really is. I sat there absorbed in Facebook for several hours and this is what I actually realized, that looking back on the past and reliving 
what was is a time waster. When you look back on the past, you realize how much time is gone. When you're looking back on the past and you're reliving those moments, you're missing out on today's moments. You know, some people read the Bible like Facebook. They read the Bible like they go over history and they go over timelines and they read the Bible according to who was who and what was what and when was when. And, but reading the Bible that way only ever gives you information. But when you read the Bible like a grace book rather than a Facebook, you will realize that God actually wants to impart a revelation to you. The word revelation means a secret that is revealed by God to humans. Grace book, it takes you back through yesterday's experiences, but it sets you up for what is to come tomorrow. When you read the Bible and allow God to impart to you, he will take you back over what has happened. But it is not just so that we can have a trip down memory lane. It is so that it can set you up for a stronger today and fill you with hopes and promises for a better future tomorrow. One of the most often questions that I am asked is how do I know what God's plan is for my life? How do I know that I'm living out my best life? How do I know that I'm doing all that God would want me to do? How do I know I'm on the right track? How do I know I'm marrying the right person or pursuing the right career? Well, my advice has always been the same. Spend less time on Facebook and more time in the grace book and your life will become so much clearer. Because I really do find that God speaks through his word and he does speak with clarity and not with confusion. And I think one of the greatest examples we can have of this is in the book of Jeremiah. God speaks to Jeremiah about the people of Israel, but it is a scripture that we can so beautifully um, implement into our lives today. And I want to take you to this scripture where God has a conversation with Jeremiah and he wants to show him some things. In Jeremiah 18 verses 1 to 6, it says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as the Lord told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. And so he crushed it into a lump of clay again, and he started over. The Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to the clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. You know, when Jesus taught us how to pray, he taught us a model prayer. He said, when you pray, pray in this way. And it is the prayer we know so well, our Father who art in heaven. But in that model prayer is the most scariest line you will ever pray. It is the most frightening scripture that you will ever read. It is the most bold and audacious thing that you could ever say to God. And it is this line, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is when we're praying that, that we are praying, God, your will be done in my life. I'm going to live this life not my way and not my will, but God, I want your will in my marriage, your will in my household, your will in my 
raising of my kids, your will in my finances, your will in my attitude. But here's the deal. When you give God your will, he then puts you on his wheel. And the potter's wheel is an uncomfortable place. Before God begins to add shape to you, before God begins to design you and bring out some productivity in your life, the first thing he does is he gets you ready to go on his wheel. Do you know how the potter gets the clay ready to go on the wheel? He pummels it and he kneads it and he pushes it and he stretches it and he throws that clay around a little bit and it's not gentle and it's uncomfortable and sometimes it's quite hard but what's the potter doing he's getting the the clay to be pliable he's making the clay supple he's making the clay so it's easy for him to use and that season of working and that season of preparation can often feel like the most difficult time in your life Have you ever felt like the more you push into God, the more you pray sincere prayers, the more you desire to walk in his ways, the more it feels like your life is falling apart? Or is that just me? It feels like the more you hit walls and the more you hit problems and the more you hit obstacles. And it's usually at that point that people become discouraged and uh, and disheartened. It's usually at that point that people walk from church. It's usually at that place when people say, what's the point? It isn't working. I'm trying to do everything right. I'm trying to submit my life to God, but it feels like everything is just falling apart. Well, I want to encourage you and say, no, it's just the potter is at work. You see, the only way that God can perfect you and the only way that God can bring maturity to your character is by allowing you to go through some stuff and allowing you to face some issues that we would automatically want to run from. We want to come to God and we want God just to magically fix everything in our life. But no, it is when we come to God and when we submit to God and when we give our will to God, it is then that he begins to do a work in our lives. He will perfect your peace by allowing you to go through some turbulent times. He will perfect your patience by allowing you to be in some stressful times. He will perfect your attitude by allowing you to go through some trying times. God doesn't cause chaos in your life, but there are times and seasons where he will let you go through. And it is often the most difficult times in your life can come when you've submitted your will to him. I, like many of you, have prayed audacious prayers. I have prayed, God, let me do your will. But what I didn't always understand was by praying that prayer meant that I would have to have a season, a period of time where I was on his wheel so he could mold me and so he could shape me. And I promise you those times at times have been really uncomfortable because when God begins to mold you and shape you, he will close some doors that you have left open in your life. He will remove some people that you have journeyed with, 
that you might even want to continue journeying with, but he's like, they're not going to be great for your life. He will send you places you don't want to go. He will open doors you don't want to go through. He will close doors that you wanted to go through, but all of the time you are on the potter's wheel. And you will see that all through the Bible, that any time anybody has pursued the purpose of God for their life, they've always gone through a potter's wheel experience. The Israelites, they loved it when Moses was mouthing off to Pharaoh, let my people go, says the Lord. They were all there shouting and and, 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 and God was saying, uh, Moses was saying that God has a promised land for them to go to and they were cheering and they were exciting because they wanted to be out of Egypt and they wanted to be out of, the, out of captivity and they wanted to go to the promised land. And so they were, they were excited. They were like, let God's will be done. But what they didn't know was that when God took them out of Egypt, he didn't take them straight into the promised land. He took them through a period of transformation. He took them out of Egypt and he put them on the potter's wheel. It was called the desert and they were there for 40 years out of slavery. You see, the promised land was waiting for them, but it took them 40 years to be ready for the promised land because God had to do something in them before he could take them to what he promised to them. They had old cultures and old ways and old behavioral traits that had to come off them before they could live in the fullness of all that God had promised to them. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness these last 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Some of the things that you are going through right now are tailoring your character and getting you ready for what is to come in your future. Those things that keep you awake at night, those things that concern you and overwhelm you, those things that frustrate you. It might feel like your life is falling apart, but I would rather like to believe it is things that are falling into place. You are on the potter's wheel. And so God sends Jeremiah down to the potter's house to give him a picture of what he wants to speak to him about. And I believe there were five things that Jeremiah observed at the potter's house. And they are five things that we can apply to our life today to understand how God is molding us and shaping us and crafting his purpose and his will in us. The first thing that Jeremiah saw the potter do was he saw the potter separate the clay for purpose. (laughs) We all love the thought that God has chosen us. We all love the idea of, of, yes, Lord, I surrender to your will, but we all dislike the idea of being separated. You know, there is a reason why you can't do certain things. There's a reason why you can't go to certain places. There is a reason why you can't speak in a certain way. It is because at some point you prayed a prayer that said, God, not 
my will, but your will. And God separated you from the culture and the environment around you because he has a purpose for you. That is why you've never felt like you fitted into that circle of friends. That is why in the workplace, you always felt like the one who was a little bit left out. It was because God had separated you. You just didn't understand that you were being separated for purpose. I believe the second thing that Jeremiah observed was the potter washes the clay. Before the clay can be used, it has to be washed. Washing it removes dirt and and debris from the clay. Only then is it eligible for transformation. The clay, if it is not first washed, when the potter begins to shape it, impurities and imperfections are revealed. And this is what it looks like in your life and my life. When we try to build and shape our lives without first allowing God's word to wash us, God's word to cleanse us, when we begin to build and shape our lives according to our own way in our own pattern, cracks are seen, imperfections are seen in our marriage, in our household, in our place of work, when we go for the promotion, but eventually there's a flaw in us that's seen, there's a crack, there's an imperfection. Ephesians 5.26 talks about how God speaks to his church saying he makes her holy and clean by washing and cleansing her with his word. The water washes and makes the clay clean, just as the word of God washes over your life and my life and makes us clean. But the water also makes the clay pliable. It makes it soft and it makes it subtle. Clay that is well watered will not produce cracks. And so our prayer life needs to be, rather than praying for the partner and praying for the promotion and praying for the finances, our prayer should be, God, shape me, make me, melt me, mold me. I pray, Lord God, that you will perfect my character. I pray, Lord God, that you will work on my attitude. I pray, Lord God, that you will teach me patience so that when the light is shone on me, no cracks will appear. The third thing that I believe that um, Jeremiah observed was the potter puts the clay on his spinning wheel. The spinning wheel speaks of a place of uncertainty. The spinning wheel speaks of times of unpredictability. The only way the clay could stay on that spinning wheel is because the potter's hands are on it. And so it is with you and I, through the turmoil of our lives, the potter is working. Through the stress and the struggles, the potter is working. Through unprecedented times, the potter is working. He holds steadfast onto us and he keeps us on that spinning wheel as he begins to craft and mold and shape. Do you know it is actually the speed of the spinning wheel moving that gives the potter momentum to fashion and shape the pot that he desires. And so it is, as we go through the trials and the tribulations of life, God begins to shape us. And every time we begin to cry out, God, stop this. God, I can't cope. I don't want this anymore. I'm done with this life. Get me out of this problem, God. God wants to remind you today that he will never allow you to go through more than you can bear. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he said, no test or temptation 
confrontation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limits. He'll always be there to help you to come through it. If you were going through this on your own, you would fall apart. If you were going through this totally alone, yes, you would crumble. In fact, sometimes you would not even survive it. Without him, you wouldn't get through it. But his hands are on you. And in all of the turbulence that you feel you are spinning, don't give in. Don't be frightened. Don't become weary because he is the potter and you are the clay. And in this time, he's just fashioning you and forming you to have his way within you. And one day, when the spinning stops, you will see what the potter has created in you and through you. How long will you be spinning for, you might ask? I don't know. Right now, you might feel like your marriage is spinning, your career is spinning, your life is spinning. We don't know how long the spinning will go on for, but we do know this. All the time you're spinning, the potter is working and he just keeps adding more water, more water, more word, more word to make you soft, to make you pliable, to make you workable with. You just have a softer heart. You just have a gentler approach. You just become more usable. You're just being molded and fashioned into his purpose. The fourth thing that Jeremiah observed was the potter begins to apply pressure. The potter uses his hands and only the potter knows how much pressure to apply to mold and create this, the desired image that he has. Sometimes his hands are at work on the outside of the pot, but sometimes his hands are at work on the inside of the pot. When his hands are at work on the inside, it's his Holy Spirit shaping your heart and shaping your character. Have you ever done something wrong or got involved in something that isn't quite right and it just feels wrong on the inside, it's the potter's hands. He's just applying the pressure. He's just highlighting some stuff. He's just teaching you in order for you to become all that I desire for you to be. You need to behave a certain way. You need to adjust that thought. We need to iron out the crease of that critical attitude. I've just got my hand on the inside of you right now, just making you to my desired plan. And when God is at work on the outside of you, he uses external things to fashion you and mold you. These are situations and circumstances that come against you on the outside while the hand of the Holy Spirit is at work on the inside and together, <laughs> together they begin to shape and form your life into the desired plan that God has for you. Pressure on the inside, pressure on the outside, all sculpting you into his perfect plan. The fifth thing that I believe Jeremiah saw was the potter has a plan in mind. I don't know if you know this, but if you've ever seen a potter at a wheel, he doesn't have a plan or an instruction sheet next to him. There is no blueprint or design mapped out that he is following. The shape 
that he is creating and making is all in his mind. And this is what God is doing with your life and my life. This is why Isaiah wrote, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. And that is why often when God is at work in your life, you can't figure it out. That's why when God is at work in your life, it makes no sense to you. You just can't fathom out what it is that God is doing for you. But it was after this experience at the potter's house that Jeremiah was so able to eloquently put pen to paper and write, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. God knows what he's doing with your life. In verse four of our scripture, Jeremiah notices that there is something wrong with the clay. That is, the potter is trying to design the clay into a, a specific vase or a vessel. There is an imperfection and there is a flaw. And here's the interesting thing. The potter has a choice. Do I discard the clay? Or do I rework the clay? And I love what Jeremiah says when he notices. He says, instead of discarding the clay, the potter crushed the clay and began to mold it and knead it and make it pliable. And then he reworked it into a new vessel. When the clay is marred, the potter has a choice. Does he throw it away and scrap it? Or does he reuse it? And the potter decided, I can still do something with this clay. And I want to encourage you today, whoever you are, that God has not given up on you, that God has not discarded you because of something you did or the way you were or something you said. And even now, as we're being fashioned and formed into the vessels that God desires for us to be, he doesn't give up on you, ever. He didn't give up on you when you cheated. He didn't give up on you when you told that lie. He didn't give up on you when you failed. He didn't give up on you when you were dishonest. No, he didn't. He just adds a little bit more pressure. And he says, I can still do something with you. So if God's not given up on you, then don't you give up on yourself. You know, the first time that we ever, ever see this image of the potter and the clay is right back in the book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, when God first created man. Just listen to how this is written in Genesis 2. One day, the eternal God scooped dirt out of the ground. He sculpted it and he shaped it into the, into the shape we call human. He breathed the breath that gives life into the nostrils of the human and the human became a living soul. God has always, always had a plan and a purpose for your life right from the very beginning. But so often what happens is that we fail and when we fail, we give up on ourselves and when we fail, we give up on our own plans. 
But when the clay is in the hands of the potter, there is always potential. And when the clay is in the hands of the potter, there is always the promise of a product and a result. And I want to encourage you today. I don't know if you've ever made that choice to put your hands in the hands of the potter. I don't know if you've ever made the choice to give your life, to surrender to God, for him to fashion you and mold you and create in you the, the, the purpose that you were designed for. When you were being created, the Bible tells us that when you were in your mother's womb, he already had in mind the plan and the purpose for your life and for my life. And so I want to just be able to take a moment. I want to say a prayer. I want to help you to understand your purpose. And you will only ever understand your purpose by putting your hands in the hands of the potter. And so as I pray this prayer, if this is you, if you want to make a commitment to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour, then pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I recognize that in and of myself, I can't build my own life and that everything that I try to do seems to be cracked and flawed. Well, this day, God, I choose to put my life in the potter's hands and I ask God that you begin to fashion me and mold me and shape me into all that you have desired for me to become. I thank you for sending Jesus to the cross for my life. And I ask, Lord God, that you forgive me for my own selfish ways. Today, I make a decision to look to you, to turn to you, to place my life in your hands. Amen.
Thanks so much for joining us for Online Church today. We're so glad that you came to check us out. And our prayer throughout this entire week in the run-up to today's online experience has been that when you're here right now, that you would walk away from this online experience feeling and sensing and knowing like you've just heard from God. So I just pray that what you've experienced today is a sense of just being uplifted and encouraged by everything that Emma has spoken about, because I know that's certainly the way that I feel too. You know, one of the things that we'd love to encourage you to participate with us in is financially supporting the work that we do here at Liverpool One Church. I'm not gonna lie and say that I'm not in a privileged position because I am, and I get to hear some of the incredible heartfelt stories that have been being fed back into not only Emma and I, but our wider team in this COVID season. And you know, one of the biggest benefits that I think that we've been able to play as a church is being right there in the thick of it, helping so many people financially within our church community negotiate their way through this difficult and challenging season. Because let's be honest, there's a lot of people who've had to take a 20% reduction in their monthly wage. There's a lot of people that maybe are no longer employed and financially the strain has been immense. I want you to know that as a church, we have been depositing thousands of pounds into numerous families who are solely connected with our church community here. And that's possible because of your kindness and because of your generosity and because of your willingness to want to make a difference because together we can do more, together we're stronger. So if you'd like to engage with us financially, there's a bunch of information that's coming up on the screen right now that'll just enable you to go ahead and make that transaction. But let me just say this, when you do give financially, know this, you're not giving to church you're giving because you're choosing to honour God with every area of your life and that includes our financial giving also. So for those of you who do give and support the work at Liverpool One Church, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much and you're making a real difference. Have a great week.